Hey guys, this is Jane. Welcome to episode number three of Tacos and Tales. Tacos and Tales Tuesday. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on one more episode of Tacos and Tales. How's everybody doing tonight? I'm running through the crowd. Hope everybody can feel me. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a late start this week um, for our podcast. Uh, But we're so happy to be back. We were in Boca Chica all weekend, and it was nice. That sounds more exotic, but really we were in South Padre. That sounds pretty exotic, too. I mean, it was really nice. We had a good time with the family. Um, But we're back, and we are ready to go. Itchy and sunburned, but here (laughs) we are. We had some family visiting us over the weekend, our grandmother from Vegas and our Aunt Josie. <laughs> hey Josie! Came in to visit us and um, we had a great time with them and actually got some really good stories so uh, we will be sharing one of those stories with you today and we're very excited about that. We are. Uh, so while we were out in South Padre we ventured out to Boca Chica Beach and if you've ever been you know that it's a very long, winding road that literally stops right as you hit the ocean. Yeah. There's like, no barrier, no wall. No barrier, no wall. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, like if you look down to adjust your radio and you're not paying attention, <laughs> you're just going to drive right into the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> but if you guys haven't been, definitely check it out. I think it's a very underrated beach, and I do love how undeveloped it is. It is so there's, pretty. We're the only people out there. Yeah, there's no, like, lights. There's no sign of human um, interaction with that beach. There's no restrooms. So it's funny that you say there's no human interaction because the only thing that caught my attention on the way there it's literally desert and what and salt flats and for those of you who haven't googled it such as myself if you know or if you have googled it I'm sorry if you know what salt flats are let me know because I still haven't gotten around to googling it um so we're surrounded by those whatever those may have been (laughs) and the only thing that we came across were headstones just headstones in the middle of nowhere and it was Creepy and sad. Very creepy. And I kind of wanted to pull off to the side and read them and and see what they said, but I don't know. Something was just, like, telling me no. Maybe if I had, like, some kind of weapon. I thought you were a weapon. I am. Oh, I am. But, I mean, I also (laughs) don't want to hurt anybody. We're just trying to have... We're just going to be trying to have a good time. Yeah, and for those of you that follow us on Instagram, you saw that picture that we took... Um, of that abandoned house out there and that's so this road that takes you out to the beach is about 
I'd say about a four to five minute drive. Literally, there's nothing around you. Nothing. Except for these salt flats and trees and... Two Border Patrol agents. Yeah, and lots and lots and lots of different kinds of cool birds. So definitely, if you ever have the chance to make it out there, um, that would be a definitely a cool thing to do. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely an experience. Uh, but be sure to take lots of water. There's literally nothing out there. Take some toilet paper and it's good. It's a good time. Yeah, and don't forget to reapply your sunscreen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on to my skin right now. I feel like it's just going to become charred off of my body. So we, we thought that we'd do some stories that are kind of based out of that region just because it's a creepy region to begin with and there's so much history there. And um, so I know my story has to do with that part of of Texas, South Texas. Mine does too. Um, just, you're right. And while we were down there, I googled like scary stories from the border, scary stories from this. And first of all, all I found was like, horror stories of the horrors that happen on the border but we're not going to get into that that's for another podcast like real life follow stories, me so. on janessa at real life podcast <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah there's just so much history down there and every time that we would kind of you know be like oh that's creepy i feel like my grandma had a, another scary story to tell us yeah definitely there's so many haunted locations and creepy locations out there but unfortunately we didn't have time to visit them but I think that's something that maybe we'll do yeah. as we go on is just visit these places that have so many stories and so yeah. much history to them yeah because she's like um, oh see sí, ahí es a donde se apareció el, da el diablo and you're just like what and for those of you that don't speak Spanish it's oh yeah that's where the devil appeared okay. <laughs> casual <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I think we can go ahead and just jump into our story. Yeah. Um, like I said, we were out there for quite a while and it was so beautiful and I just couldn't help but wonder what creepy stuff had gone on. And so I did a little bit of research. Oh my god, I'm about to get a cramp in my foot. No, I'm not. Um, and I found a haunting of a campsite. Uh, it's a KOA campsite and I had to google what that was also because I am a city girl. Is, and is that in Brownsville? No. Apparently KOA is Campgrounds of America. Oh. Um, but they are a company so please don't, once again, please don't send us a cease and desist. <laughs> We're just amateurs. Um, but there's this campsite out in South Padre that is known for being haunted. So the story was that a man and his wife were RVing, camping out there, and they came across a spirit that apparently the locals know of. And this spirit is of a man that they they believe um, who just doesn't want anyone around. He's angry and he is willing to harm. So the couple were traveling together and they decided to spend a couple of nights um, near Laguna Madre Bay and they went to their RV and you know started relaxing for the night and when they fell asleep they heard lard lard <laughs> they heard they heard lard they heard loud banging against their camper um, so they were startled they woke up and they ran to the door to see who was hitting the RV 
and they found that their door was locked. So they couldn't open it from the outside. He even tried to open it with the key and there was just a very strong force holding it from the outside where they couldn't open the door. Um, a few seconds later, the windshield wipers of the RV started going crazy and the lights started going on and off. His wife wasn't able to move because she was just in so much terror, tried to start the car and leave, but her hands were shaking and she dropped the keys. Um, once they got the car started, the wheel was very hard to steer, but finally they were able to you know, regain their composure and drive the car out. So they never knew exactly what happened, but up when they returned, they were telling the people around them, hey, you know, this is what happened to us. We don't know if somebody attacked us. And the residents that live at the campsite were like, oh, yeah, that happens all the time because you were in his spot. <laughs> so <laughs> y'all couldn't tell me this before we set up our little camp. Um, and apparently that's a known story from this particular campsite. And I just found it super creepy because it's a simple story. But I, I don't know, I feel like you're camping, you know, just mm -hmm. casual, relaxing, and all of a sudden it's like... <laughs> First of all, I have a big attitude. Sorry, headphone users. <laughs> oh, sorry! <laughs> so, yeah. That was one of my stories that I found. So do they know who this man is, or like, what's um, the history, why is he there? Upon a secondary Google search, yeah, nobody knows. I, I did do quite a bit of research to try to find, you know, if maybe there was a disgruntled person, but no. That's crazy. Yeah, nobody knows. <sighs> that was a really creepy story. Yeah, I thought so. Especially after, like, our grandma said about so many things of the devil and our aunt um, talked about the devil. I know. I, th I just feel like there's some things that are just scary full stop. And that's one of them. Yeah, for sure. So now I think it's time for a taco break. Taco, taco break! <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be honest with y'all and say that <laughs> we're not eating tacos today because we planned on recording this yesterday and we had our little setup. And um, unfortunately it was a little bit too loud in the area mm -hmm. due to... <laughs> family visiting from out of town, but that's okay because you have to cherish every moment that you have with your family. But so we recorded our episode and <laughs> you could hear I Love Lucy in the background and I was like, oh my god, people are going to be like, are they watching I Love Lucy? <laughs> and then that, then for sure we would get a cease and desist letter. <laughs> I'm like, it's okay, it's okay, you can't even hear it and... Um, my sister's <laughs> like, um, they're going to send us a copyright <laughs> infringement. <laughs> and if you haven't watched I Love Lucy, like, don't even support our podcast. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Um, but what we had yesterday was some flautas, which are technically not tacos, but they're... I think depending where you get them, they're also called... Taquitos. I was going to say, so, they're also called taquitos, but... Taco Gabbana says that flautas are taquitos, so... Yeah, but the legit name, I think, are flautas, and basically it, what it is is a tortilla rolled up, filled with chicken or beef, 
even we've made like some mashed potato flautas mm, before. Turkey. Mashed potato flautas. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Shout out to my, my vegetarian bestie. Some Thanksgiving leftovers instead of a flauta. Yes. But so our yesterday was our grandma's last night that she was with us and she put together some. In Houston. In Houston. <laughs> We put together some, or she put together some flautas with uh, for us, um, with the help of my mom. So, um, whenever we release this episode, we're gonna put on just a little bit of a video of her kind of rolling them up and um, cooking them along with my mom. But definitely, if you haven't had a flauta, you should. Yes, so good. I feel like I don't, I didn't get any credit because I did make the salsa to go with the flautas. So once again, I just never get enough credit. I'm going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> and that is Taco Break. Taco Break. Supposed to do it together, yeah. but we'll get it next Bye. time for you guys. <laughs> Tune in episode four. Okay, so now it's time for my story. Hi. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you all about El Muerto. The Headless Horseman of South Texas. Now let's take it all the way back to the 1800s. Nothing ever happens nowadays. <laughs> when Texas was a crazy place. Um, the Rio Grande River was declared the border between the United States and Mexico. However, the Mexican government refused to recognize the boundary because, let's face it, borders are imaginary. Uh-uh. Um... So they said that, no, not the Rio Grande, but the Nueces River was going to be the border. So this left a giant chunk between what, what, what is the Rio Grande and the Nueces River, which is in south of Texas. Um, and that became known as No Man's Land. So No Man's Land became known as the prime target for all the outlaws. So enter a man named Vidal. Not to be confused with Fidel Sassoon. I don't think anybody uses those products anymore. Do they even exist? I don't know. You're old. Okay, but you just gave away your age. It's okay. I don't care. I don't mind. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't hurt my feelings. (laughs) So Vidal was famous for stealing cattle and horses all over South Texas. Um, And at this in this day and age, stealing cattles and horses was a more serious crime than murder. <gasps> yeah, so they put a price on his head, and they said they wanted him dead or alive. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so he finally stole from the wrong person, a Texas ranger named Creed Wallace. And um, Creed Wallace was like, um, you're not going to do this to me? And so he gathered his fellow ranger, Bigfoot Wallace. He's <laughs> asking I can't, for trouble. I can't make if you if you I mess can't. with somebody named Bigfoot Wallace. <laughs> yeah, and then some other guy named Flores. Like the these all these other guys have these long old names and this other guy was just like Flores. Oh come on Flores. So all these, all these guys, they assembled a team and they waited until night and they attacked the bandits while they were sleeping. So the, what they would do to outlaws at this time would be to string them up in trees and leave them hanging or 
gosh, all this for a horse? It gets worse. Or they would shoot them and chop them into pieces and use their bodies for animal bait. Oh! <laughs> so these were all the techniques that they used to try to dissuade people from stealing their stuff. Which, I mean, if you think about it in that time, like, all you had was either your animals and or your property. That's true. I mean, you can't go out and buy another horse. Could you? I, I don't know. I guess they were expensive. Was it like a horse dealer? How much are horses? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> what kind of money? What's do they happening? <laughs> um, so apparently, this wasn't enough. They needed to make a really big statement. And so, what they did to Vidal, they did catch him. And uh, what they did to him was uh, they beheaded him. Okay. They tied his torso upright on the horse. After that, they took his severed head, they put it in his sombrero, and they tied it onto the saddle with a long piece of leather. Actually, now that you said that, I think I've heard the story before. But I had never so heard. So Texas of me. I had never heard the story. Um, so they gave the horse a slap on the butt, and the horse took off. <laughs> a slap on the butt. <laughs> a giddy up. And um, so the horse wandered the South Texas countryside for a while before somebody caught the horse and removed his dried torso and buried him in an unmarked grave. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But this wasn't the end of the headless horseman. People didn't stop seeing him. There were a lot of reports of seeing a headless rider. Um, And people also reported that after they did that to him, a lot of bad luck and misfortune happened to the residents of South Texas. And, like, if they, if you saw him, then that means that bad luck was coming to you. Um, a couple in 1917, so 101 years ago, said... <laughs> um, <laughs> this is math for you. <laughs> said that they saw him uh, riding past their camp screaming, It's all mine. Ooh! It's all mine! It's all mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. It's all mine. We don't need to pay pay for our own sound effects. <laughs> um. So people as far as Mexico have reported seeing him, and if you're riding through on a moonlit night on a road in South Texas, you might just catch a glimpse of the galloping horse with a headless rider. With his head bouncing along beside him in a sombrero. (laughs) (laughs) Which That is such a Texas story. Yeah, which makes it even creepier to think that we came back from the beach and it was nighttime and we were driving down that super abandoned uh, road with nothing to light but the moon. It was a full moon that night. It was really dark. Can you imagine? Yes, I was like... Trying to focus my eyes into the dark to see if I saw anything weird or creepy or anybody walking. And then I was like, why am I doing this? And I stopped. So that is my story, and that is the story of El Muerto, the Headless Horseman of South Texas. Um, Applause. Oh, and then also when we were driving on that road, I was like, 
oh, is this where the house is? And so we kind of found where the house is. It's so dark out there that we couldn't see the house, but we, we kind of just gauged that that's where it was. Yep. And so it kind of came to a stop, and we kind of stopped in front of it. Bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> the hair on my arms, like, stood straight out. And I was like, okay, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great time. <laughs> that was super creepy. And now for the very first scare to talk about it, um, we will <laughs> we will be playing you a recording that we did of our aunt, and um, she actually told us two stories, but we're only going to share one with you today. The second one we'll leave for another day, um, and we definitely hope that you guys enjoy the story as much as we did. My son was a baby. We were coming to Texas to see Frank's mo mother, mm -hmm. and we we're going down some. Uh, we're going down a Texas road. I can't tell you what highway. Dark, nothing, very desolate. And all of a sudden, I see a woman and a little girl and a suitcase. And they were dressed like in the 40s. You know, the mother had the midriff dress and the coats and gloves and the little girl with her hat and her little coat. So what year was that? Um, 72, about 73, 1973. And so I, I see them, you know, and Frank just keeps driving. I go, Frank, there's a woman and a little girl standing. I says, maybe their car broke down or something. Didn't you see them? He says, oh, I didn't see anything. And I said, well, we need to go back, you know. We need to go back and, and make sure that they don't need any help. Mm -hmm. And Frank was so, such a pain. He did not turn back. And I kept telling him, oh, my God, you know, that's not right. And, you know, they probably need help. You know, the husband must have abandoned them or something, and that had done. Anyway, we continued, went and did our thing. Following year, we're coming, and we brought Sally with us. Mm -hmm. And I, I told Sally, I says, I know more or less where that is, you know, because I had told her. And she goes, oh, my God, you're scaring me. <laughs> and I said, and let's keep an eye out. So we did, and Frank goes, ah, you're, you're crazy, you're just your imagination, you're not going to see anything, blah, 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 blah. Drove, and me and Sally did not sleep for anything. We were watching that road. There's a lady in the little <gasps> with a suitcase. Oh my God, I got you. A year later, okay? So I'm like, oh my God, there, she, there they are, there they are. I go, Frank, turn around. I go, did you see him? He goes, yeah. I go, well, turn around. Because he saw them. <laughs> mm -hmm. He goes, I go, turn around. He said, I'm not going back there. And I go, turn around. And so he did. And we, we, they're standing here, the little girl holding the mother and the suitcase in front of the mother. And they're standing here. And Frank passed a little bit past them, stopped the car. And I said, I'm going to open the door. And see if they come over here mm -hmm. and I opened the door as just like I saw them they disappeared <gasps> like like a blimple and I were like oh my god Frank says shut the door shut the door oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> made a Yui got back on the road <laughs> and took off wow we took another road trip but it was different timing it was daytime so this was at and night I, that you this saw was them? at night oh my at god night. <laughs> at night and it was daytime and then after that we never went back we never came back to texas 
I hope you guys were creeped out as much as I was. I was literally one big goosebump sitting on the floor. <laughs> and I wish we I could... Um, it was so creepy. Well, I think that, that it would have made it even a lot creepier was that this road that she's talking about is the road that we were on going to, to South Padre. Yeah, so I... If we came across a mother and a child, like, just standing there in 40s clothes, I don't... I don't know what we do. I kind of feel like we would stop. I don't know. I don't. I think that's a situation that you don't really know what you would do until you're in the situation. Yeah. What would you do? Leave it below in the comments. Oh yeah. What would you do if you were driving along and you saw a woman in fifties, a fifties dress, or you know, would you stop and give her help, or would you just drive past her? Or it's really scary. Very scary. It's very scary. Well, we are really sorry that this episode is going up so late on Taco Tuesday, but um, we promise. But let's face it, tacos are good every day. So every day is Taco Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. <laughs> Thank you guys once again for uh, so much support and feedback. We really appreciate your feedback. If there's anything that you think that we should share or any pointers, good or bad, please send them through. Um, if this is your first time listening. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, share it with your friends, share it with your coworkers, share it with your enemies. And that's so it. So they can't get scared. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that are in the Houston area with us, um, our sister is now in a band, so we're just going to give a little plug to her band, Paper Gliders. They will be performing at White Oak Hall on September 7th. I don't know what time. But um, their Instagram page is Paper Gliders, and they have some pretty cool music, and we're pretty excited and proud of her. So if you guys are in the Houston area, go and check her out. Hey, man. Um, like I said before, we are now on iTunes, and please go and rate, subscribe, and leave us a review, because that will really help us to bump us up on the charts. Um, even if you listen to us on Podbean, um, Podbean, we really appreciate it. But iTunes is where it's at, apparently, in the podcast world. You can also follow us or listen to us on Stitcher if you don't have a um, iPhone. And uh, follow us on Instagram, tacos, the letter N, tails at gmail.com, and like us on Facebook. I think that's it. Thank you guys one last time. I uh, hope you enjoy some tacos today, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Beam,